Welcome to the Transit Lounge. I'm your host, Chandra. As a recovering workaholic, I want to explore how you can do more of what you love without burning out. I'm on a mission to promote true well-being, the contented state of being happy, healthy, and prosperous. Through interviews with savvy entrepreneurs, authors, and industry experts, we'll share insights, inspiration, and practical tips on how you can be CEO you in the business of your life. Let's go. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Transit Lounge podcast. I hope that wherever you are, you are happy and well today. Now, today's episode is, it's a topic, well, let's just say it's a topic that probably can be and most likely is a whole topic in and of itself, that there's probably many podcasts that are dedicated to just talking about it and that is time and time management. It's something that I hear a lot from people, either clients that I'm working with or just even in my personal life where, you know, people are busy and the majority of people, not all people, but a lot of people will often say things like, I just don't have the time. And often it's in relation to things that they say that they might want to have or do in their life or things they've been meaning to get to and they just haven't had time. And it's an interesting thing because it's so easy to say that without thinking about what's behind it or what's really going on. And in some respects, I think today's episode could be a bit challenging for some people. There's certainly some things that I'll be sharing that might be a little bit uncomfortable to hear. I know they certainly were for me when I first came across them in certain situations. But the fact of the matter is that regardless of the fact that we all, myself included, often struggle and might say we just are feeling busy and don't have enough time, the fact is that we all have exactly the same amount of time available to us. The fact is that there are 168 hours in a seven-day period. So given that most of us operate by a seven-day week and we, most of us, that I would assume, operate by the 24-hour clock, using those two facts gives us 168 available hours across any given week. Then if you go, okay, well, we know that we should and we would all benefit from getting about eight hours of sleep a night. So eight hours times seven nights is 56 hours of sleep. So let's just assume that we have got our eight hours of sleep a night. That leaves us with 112 available waking hours or potential other hours, which divided by seven gives us 16 hours a day. Now, that seems like quite a lot of time don't you think? But where does it actually go? And I think this is one of the perplexing things about time is that feeling that it just can just go and it does. And once it's gone, it's gone. It's not coming back. And I think that's one of the things that when I focus on it, maybe too much, that can freak me out a little bit about that feeling of like, you know, time is ticking. And I know I've definitely worked with clients in the past who who definitely had 
that feeling that time was against them, that they were racing against some kind of clock and that they you know, weren't where they should have been by now. And that I don't think is healthy or helpful. And so you want to really look at what is your relationship with time? How do you think of it? How do you use it? How do you approach it? I guess they're the things that I'm keen to explore in this episode. Now, I had one of those defining moments, I think, which I have mentioned in podcast episodes in the past, and that is where I was at a training event a couple of years ago, and it was a productivity time management kind of weekend event. During the training, one of the things that was said really impacted me, and that was how you spend your time is your life. And I know that potentially you might hear that and go, "Uh uh-huh, yep, where's the aha moment? What's, What's so wow about that? And I can't really explain. But for me, when I heard that, it just landed with me so solidly about the fact that literally how I was choosing to spend my time was my life, that my life wasn't this separate sort of thing. And I don't even think I realized that I had maybe been running with that assumption, or maybe it was just I'd not thought about it in that way before. But it really hit me and since then has stayed with me and is one of those little comments, I guess, that bubbles around in my in my head quite a lot of how am I choosing to spend my time and this is my life and am I happy with that? So I think that statement really upped the ante for me about how I started to think about what I was doing with my time and how I spoke about time. Because we all actually have a choice of what we do with our time. And that can be a very uncomfortable truth. And I know that there are many people who do genuinely have very busy lives with circumstances that they're dealing with, whether it's to do with a family situation or childcare or a work role or health or whatever it might be. And I acknowledge that and still we do have a choice about what we do with our time and what we don't do with our time. And accepting that I think can be one of the biggest, I guess, game changers in how you experience life. The other confronting thing, I'll just get them, you know, couple them out all in one go, is that with time and the fact that we all have to make choices about what we do with our time, we are always going to be choosing one thing over another to do with our time generally. And with that sense of choice, what you're saying yes to means that you're probably saying no to something else. And so the extension of that is that you're pretty much always going to be disappointing someone. But the question is, who are you choosing to be disappointing and what about And this is the thing where I think that we can get caught up, particularly women, not exclusively women, but particularly women who have that pleaser mentality often and the carer mode that we tend to just drop into as a default is that we can tend to be not wanting to disappoint others. And so the spill on effect of that is that you disappoint yourself and that you leave yourself last hoping that some miracle will result in there being time left over at the end but the reality is that very very rarely happens so I know that it can be a bit confronting but if you're gonna really want to find some time for you then 
maybe it's these two things for you to take on board. One is how you spend your time is your life. And the second thing is accepting that you're probably going to always be disappointing someone and to perhaps be more conscious about who you are choosing to disappoint. There's another quote around time that I really like. I can't actually remember who I heard it from, but it was talking in relation to time management. And that is that uh, it's never a lack of time. It's only a lack of priorities. Boom. That's another little hard to take statement because it basically suggests that if you're feeling ever like you don't have enough time, then basically you're acknowledging that you're not clear on your priorities. When you explore this a little bit more, I think that there's a lot of truth in that because ultimately if we come back to you having to make choices about what you do with your time, what you don't do with time, the clearer you are about your priorities, the more you can make choices that allocate the time to those things. But when we are not clear on our priorities, time just gets taken up and often it gets taken up by other people's priorities. And that's the bit that you want to, I guess, become a bit more protective of. There's some research that I heard about recently too, which really, I guess, highlighted for me about how we can perceive time and where our time goes and what we actually do and how we have this tendency to warp time. For example, when you are planning something, I know I still struggle with this when I'm doing my to-do list for the day, I still massively put too many things down that I think that I want to get done in a day. And so I'm overestimating what I can get done in a certain amount of time. And then the human nature is that when we are recalling like how long something took for us to do or how much time we spent doing something, apparently the research shows is that we have a very warped perception of that. And the research was that one thing that they looked at was a gym that actually, you know, when you you went to the gym, there was a a swiper card that, you know, buzzed you in and, and buzzed you out. So it actually recorded physically the time that you were inside the gym space. Obviously, it's not tracking what you did whilst in the gym or how effective it was or any of that, but just physically time at the gym. And what they did was a study over time of asking people to recall and estimate how many hours they had spent exercising or at the gym over the past month or whatever the time period was. And what they found consistently or on average was that people's perception of how long they'd spent exercising was double what they had actually done. And so it gives us a real tangible insight about how our perception of where our time goes is potentially quite different from where it actually went. And we're going to have a look at that today. And building on that element of, of a lack of clear priorities being the issue rather than about time. I always remember a couple of years ago, a friend of mine um, had had a child and she was working and balancing, you know, all the things that you have to balance when you've got kids as well as having uh, a job. And she talked about what she had noticed had changed for her in regard to her perception of time and what she could do in a certain amount of time because she had kids. Now, a specific example was that when she knew that she had to leave at a certain time to go and collect her child from childcare 
and she would see, oh, I've, I've only got 15 minutes until I have to be walking out the door. And she was very much regarding that was a, a deadline she had to meet and that she had things still on her list to do. And she was noticing that she was looking at that and going, yep, I can smash out that email in less than 15 minutes for sure. Or, yep, I'll do that quick call now. She was seeing how she could actually just be so much more effective with her time and what she could smash out, in her words, in 15 minutes compared to how long she may have taken to do that task if she didn't have that hard deadline. And that's also, I guess, talking about a sense of urgency and links to lots of other things about things like giving ourselves a, a solid deadline. And, you know, she could have not left at four o'clock, but she was prioritizing wanting to be there on time to collect her child. And that's a whole nother topic of conversation about whether that's the right thing or how you do that in your life. But it just, for me, was really impactful about a shift that she noticed really tangibly in how she was approaching small increments of time. Because we all have these aspirations of what we want to get done, what we want to achieve, whether it's today or this week or this year or in our career or our life or whatever. But that when it stays that one day, someday vision, rather than what are we actually doing today, it's become, it's just a theory. And so we want to be looking at how can you help create that future aspiration by what you're doing today. So in looking at this, I one of the things that I looked at and I like to look at and share in this podcast is definitions of things. And so when I looked at the definition of time, something that I noticed was really interesting and most definitions do this where they give you both a noun definition and a verb. But with time, I want to share with you the, the distinctions. The noun which is what the, the thing is, I guess. Time is described as the indefinite continued progress of existence and events in the past, present and future regarded as a whole. So that's how time is defined. It's this indefinite process, progress of existence and events. And it sort of... It, even though I know that to be true, when I read the definition, it was interesting for me because it's kind of like, okay, well, that's what time is. It's not a one-off thing. It's this collective, if you like. That was, I guess, a takeout that I got from hearing or reading that definition. I'll say it again. The indefinite continued progress of existence and events in the past, present and future regarded as a whole. But then when you look at the verb, which is the action or the doing, the verb of time is to plan, schedule or arrange when something should happen or be done. To plan or schedule or arrange. That's the verb for time. Now, all of us have the noun of time because it exists regardless of where we're at in uh, past, present, future, time is still there as this indefinite continued thing. And so we can't change that. That's just there and it's going to do what it's going to do. But what we can potentially change is the verb, the action, the doing. We can actually change that by how we plan or schedule or arrange 
our time to be used. So we want to actually look at how you can find time for you. And so there are a couple of things that I want to share in terms of, you know, a little process that you can go through. There's three core things that I think that you can do to find time for you. The first one is actually acceptance of time as an actual resource. It is going and then once it's gone, it's gone. Because when you can start to see it as this resource that does go and can't be repeated, then you can start to value it a little bit differently, a little bit more. If you ever caught yourself saying, where did today go? Or where did the time go? Where you've been caught up doing something, whether it's binge watching repeated uh, episodes of a series that you are enjoying uh, or if it's you know you're reading something and it's really fascinating and you just immerse into it and you lose half a day or you spend half a day but even that I said lose because that's a reference to time as a resource that goes and whilst there's more ahead that time that's gone it is gone or whether you get caught up with flapping I was with a friend briefly uh, the other day and there was this question, I think she pulled a, a card out of a Kiki K jar and it was a question and I think it was something like, what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? And she thought about it for a minute or two and she said, procrastinate less. And I think that that's true for a lot of us, that we actually spend a lot more time flapping and procrastinating about stuff than is useful. And that means that time goes. And so for me, it's like back to that moment of realization that I had around how I use my time is my life. And another example of how that has been reflected back to me is with my grandmother, Nanny Faye. Uh, she is 90, well, I think she's 93, amazing, still very active, sprightly woman. And she is in Perth where, where all my family live. And when I was traveling to Perth for work, I used to you know, see, get to see her and the family quite a bit and we'd catch up for coffee and have a chat and she'd be asking about what I was doing and at that time I was traveling a lot for work and so I was telling her oh, I'm flying here and there and blah, blah, blah and just I was just telling her what I was doing and she looked at me and she said something like, well, if that's what you want to do and she wasn't judging but it was so interesting that in that response or that reflection, if that's what you want to do, then great. Some people wouldn't want to do that. And I guess have I thought about, is that what I want to do? Which leads into the second step or second thing that you can do to help find time for you is to actually identify your true priorities for all the different aspects of your life and work. And this is not priorities based on what other people think you should do or uh, self-imposed expectations of things that you don't really care about but you feel like you should do. That's one of those words that I think should just be banned. I just said it again. <laughs> so you want to get really clear on your priorities, your actual priorities, and you can look at it through the, the lens of the different aspects of your life. So you can look at it through the lens of your relationships, your health, your work, your finance, all of those different aspects of life and work and really just be asking yourself what's important to me in that area of my life and one way to approach that is to 
go forward in your mind maybe five or ten years something like that to a future you where that future you is feeling really good about that aspect of your life so for example it might be about your uh, relationships and to be thinking and asking yourself okay I'm feeling really great about um, how I experience my relationships at the, in my life in the future because then you want to be curious about well what is it that's making it feel good in that future state where you perhaps are, are feeling really great about the quality of time that you're spending with your friends and your family what is it that's making it feel good what have you done who, who is it with? Where are you uh, doing it? Where are you spending time? This is one of those things where sometimes it can be tricky and I remember finding it very difficult to visualize or even figure out what I wanted in the future when I was working so much and very much in that, I guess, burnt out treadmill kind of vibe at work. So I, I'm not saying that this is going to be perfect or really easy. I'm just encouraging you to be open to exploring it. So choose the aspect of your life and then look at that future version of you where that is that aspect of your life is going really well and then unpack what is it that's making it go really well? What's happening or not happening that makes you feel really great about that aspect? It might be that you look to the future on your work life and you ask yourself, well, what's happening in my work life to make me feel like it's really good? And there might be things that like, you know, that you're working on projects that you find really interesting or you work with a small team that are really working efficiently and positively. You're you know, working on a project that contributes to a cause that you believe in. You are earning a certain amount of money. You're doing slightly different things in your day-to-day -day role. Perhaps you're presenting to clients or speaking Whatever those aspirational things are that you think that you would enjoy in the future, that's when you start starting to get clearer about, well, how do you prioritize those things? But it starts with you actually exploring and being okay with not having the crystal ball and not knowing that this is definitely what is going to happen. Or even if it did happen, whether it would make you happy, at this point, you're just exploring and be okay with that to see this as an experiment that is designed to give you glimpses of the things that you really see as important because that's why you're attributing them to your ideal life, if that makes sense. So do you want to, in the future, spend more time walking by the beach or enjoying beautiful meals with friends or having time to sit and read somewhere? Do you want to launch your own podcast? Do you want to... Uh, get a promotion do you want to start your own business what are the things that are happening in the different aspects of your life to make you feel really happy about what's happening in that aspect of your life in the future this may not be an instant thing but I really really encourage you to explore it then the third thing is to be looking at tracking your time and in most time management trainings and things like that tracking will come up at some point and it often is received with a groan because it is not necessarily the funnest thing and it, and it also seems a bit like the effort is not worth the, the result 
However, the more that I've been listening to podcasts, reading and researching about this, the more I'm becoming convinced that it's actually really valuable and useful to do. And I'm considering, I'm not ready to commit to it yet, but I am considering making a commitment of tracking my time for a certain period of time. And I'm just looking into the different ways that I think I could do that and to comfortably commit to it. And if I do, I will make sure to tell you so you can hold me accountable. But tracking your time gives you data And this helps to counteract that natural human instinct that I mentioned earlier about our tendency to catastrophize or to embellish, overestimate the amount of time that we actually are spending doing things or how much time we actually have available to us. And there are lots of different apps that are out there that can help you do this. I remember the last time that I wanted to track my time, I was feeling pretty overwhelmed with everything that was on my plate. And I knew that by tracking my time, I'd get some insight. And so I thought, well, I'm going to start to track it. And I just didn't even have the headspace to look into the apps and how they worked and how I was going to use them. So I just created a separate Google calendar and I did it reasonably manually like that. There's also, you know, people that love using the different apps or other people that recommend using an Excel spreadsheet So it just depends what works for you and what's going to be likely to be something that you will actually use. The approach that you can take about tracking your time, again, totally up to you and might depend on the type of work that you do or how you spend your time about the chunk size. Some people say that, you know, blocking 30 minutes and tracking what did you do for that last 30 minutes of time is small enough. Others might want to go a bit more micro than that if you're chopping and changing tasks a lot. Uh, And the level of detail of what you note that you actually do might also vary. But the starting point is really for you to even consider tracking the last 24 hours. What is it that you have done with the last 24 hours? How much of it can you remember? Apparently, you know, the studies show that we can generally recall to about 80% accuracy the last 24 hours. So maybe you just start with that. But you just decide, you're going to track where does your time actually go? Not what you said you were going to do, but what you actually did. And this is where you start to get data and the information about, well, how much time do you spend in the car? How much time do you spend calling clients or talking with friends, preparing meals, going to the shop, on social media, whatever? That's where you actually get the data. Because once you have the data, It actually gives you insight and power to make decisions about whether or not where your time is going, whether that's aligned to your priorities or not, because there will be pockets of time where you will probably be surprised about how much time you spend on something and that something is not really that important to you and that you could choose, if you wanted to, to redirect that time somewhere else. One of the things that I discovered when I did this time tracking last time was how often I went back and forth to the supermarket because we were not planning in advance. And so as a result of that, we started instigating weekly meal planning. And whenever we are in the zone with that happening, I just feel like our day-to-day life goes better when we get off that bandwagon. I find myself going back and forth to the shop all the time. And whilst it may not seem like a big thing, cumulatively it does add up and so unless it's meeting some other need then that's when you have to ask yourself about is this really the best use of my time 
and is there a, a better way to do this or something else that I could do uh, and have a bigger impact with that time. There's a quote from, uh, I guess she's a time management expert and author, Laura Vanderkam. She, uh, I've listened to her a couple of interviews that she has done. I think she's got a, a new book out. And one of the things that I heard her say that I really liked was that the best way to spend your time better is to figure out where it's going now. And this is the bit that I think we need to realize is that although it can seem a bit boring to be tracking your time, the value of the data that it gives you will allow you to find those pockets of time where you can start to infuse elements of that future aspirational happy you, future you, into your life right now. Because waiting to find a half a day that is just miraculously available or two hours in your workday or something like that, it's just very unlikely to ever happen. So you want to be looking for those little perhaps micro pockets of time or even time where people say, oh, it's dead time, you're just waiting for something to happen or you're in a queue or whatever thinking about what are some of the micro steps of things that you can infuse towards those bigger goals or the bigger aspiration that you're wanting to head to and build that into your schedule. So for example, if you want to be walking by the beach more in the future, then ask yourself, how could you start to do a little bit of that now? If you think that in the future, work-wise, you want to become a freelancer or start your own business then how can you break that bigger project into smaller elements, small steps that you can take now, this week, towards that? Because that's not going to miraculously just appear. But if you start to find 20 minutes, 30 minutes a day, a couple of times a week, then across three months, six months, a year, you're going to be getting some momentum happening and starting to see some progress towards actually that outcome that you're looking for because finding time for you means you realizing that the time is there and you just need to choose to take it and to allocate and schedule things that actually are your priorities and what you will find is that when you can infuse more of those things into your day into your week even if they're small increments of time the happier you will feel about the whole of your life because it will feel like there is more time for you. So they're my thoughts around finding time for you for this week and I want to say thank you for choosing to spend time listening to this podcast. One of the things I like about podcasts is you can listen to it whilst doing other things but I also hope that you you know made some either notes for yourself or have got some thoughts about what you can actually do as a result of listening to this so that your time has been well spent. I would love for you to even just commit to finding 20, 30 minutes to dedicate to something that is important to you. And it might be that it's 20, 30 minutes for you exploring, brainstorming the future you and clarifying your real priorities because that will help you find the time for it. That is it for this episode. I am going to be sending good vibes your way and I hope that you do find some time for you this week. See ya. 
Thanks for listening to the Transit Lounge. If you liked it, please do me a favor and leave a review so I can keep doing more episodes for you. And come and say hi in the private Facebook group, The Transit Lounge, being CEO you in the business of your life. I really look forward to connecting with you there. And until then, do whatever you can to create a future that you will love through the choices you make today.